Amen. Does that spark your soul? Does that excite you? If it doesn't, you better get your blesser checked because that's a blessing. That's my king. My king. Personalize that. Jesus Christ is my king. I love this man's name, S.M. Lockridge. Great pastor from the past. I love to hear a black preacher preach. He has passion. I love to hear the people when he's preaching. They receive that passion. I love to hear a good amen. Hallelujah. I love to hear God praise when his word is spoken. And his word is spoken here in this church. We are blessed to have a church that has the freedom to present the Son of God in his righteousness. Melvin and I, when we uh, read in the mornings, sometimes we come across what we call the big God chapters. I love those. We'll sit there and we'll read about God and all the great things that he's done. And both of us will just simultaneously without prompting say, Amen. That's my God. That's my King. The music today, what a blessing. Thank you, Josh. All about the name of Jesus Christ. It's a powerful name. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm hearing that amen. There's power in his name. There's power in his blood. His blood cleanses us from all sin. There's hope in his name. I don't know how people go through life when they don't have the hope of Christ in their life. When they get to the end of life, there's no hope, nothing to celebrate like we celebrated yesterday. And we learned something yesterday. Who's number one? Jesus. Amen. I love that about Dick. Forever friend. Acts chapter 4 says there's salvation in no one else. There's no other name given among men by which we must be saved. That name, Jesus Christ. Peter and John were on their way up to the temple. They were walking in, it's about three in the afternoon, and there was a beggar that had been carried there to receive gifts. Peter looked at him, and the guy's thinking, ah, I'm going to get something from this guy. Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. He reached down, took the man by the hand, lifted him up, and the Bible says, immediately the strength came to his legs and he began to walk. He went with Peter and John into the temple, and it says he was leaping and praising God. The people recognized him as the man that had been sitting out there crippled and begging. When they saw him walking and praising God, that emotion drew them to see what's going on. And that's what we should be doing. Church, we should be preaching Jesus Christ, walking in the power of his name, showing excitement, showing praise, so that people that come here as visitors wonder, I wonder what they have that makes them different. Then there was this little lady that Jesus met by the well. And she didn't know who she was talking to. But when she got done and Jesus told her about about her life, she repented of her sin. She didn't go back to the village and go back to her sin. She went back to the village and told all the men She had found the Messiah. And she was excited enough that it caused them to want to come out and see what was going on. When Paul was approached uh, in Acts chapter 9 on the road to Damascus, he had been persecuting the church. He had been killing Christians, thinking he was doing God a favor. But when he met Jesus, something changed in his life. He was instantly converted. 
And then he went under Jesus' counsel and received the revelation of Jesus Christ. I like to look at the book of Acts as a bridge from the Gospels to Paul's letters and the, the true gospel, which is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. The good news is if we believe that, we can have eternal life through Christ. I, I, give, <laughs> I gave a recommendation here in my notes. It says, if you want a blessing, Google, I just seen Jesus. And then look at all the different songs that there are and the people that sing them. It'll bless your heart. I've spent a lot of time on the computer this past couple of weeks looking at these things. Every time I tune in and listen to those things, it just fires a passion in my spirit. And I hope that today I can bring a little bit of that and share it with you. I'm going to look at some scripture and I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture. I'm not showing it up on the board. I, there's too much, I think, probably to prepare for. So if I take my glance off of you and look down for a moment and read, just soak it in. You can put your head down. You don't have to look me, look at me. Just listen to the Word of God because it's what's going to change your life. It's nothing I say or do. It's the Word of God that works through the Holy Spirit. When we come to church, why do we come to church? Why are we here? We come to hear the Word of God proclaimed. We come here to check a box. It's my duty. Well, my family's always come here. Why do we come to church? Are we being obedient to the Lord? Who says, don't forsake the gathering together of yourself as the manner of some is, but even more as you see that day approaching? What day is he talking about? There is going to be a day. There's going to be a day of judgment when Jesus comes back and judges this earth. Now, he's not going to judge sinners because our sin's already been judged. I mean, he's not going to judge Christians because our sin's already been judged. It was judged on the cross. But he's going to reward us for the deeds that we do. What are you doing for Jesus? What are we doing to further the kingdom of God? I notice on the front of our bulletin we have a statement of what we should be doing as a church. And we're working toward applying that as the elders and the pastors and the staff meet together. We're trying to strengthen the walk of this church. When I look around, I, yesterday, you could not find a seat in this church to honor Dick Johnson. Today, I find a lot of empty seats. So folks, we've got a lot of work that we can do to fill this place up. Because greater is he than Dick Johnson, and Dick Johnson would tell you that. His whole key thing was, who's number one? Jesus. Now, I don't have Tic Tacs, so you don't get a Tic Tac. What do we think about when we're hearing the word God preached? I wonder how long this sermon's going to go. Uh, I got a, another thing scheduled here. Might have to get up and walk out in the middle of the service. I'll wait till they bow their heads. I'll be out of here. What do we think about? Well, I have to say, sometimes I'm distracted. I think about, I wonder if I'm going to beat the Baptists over to sweet tomatoes. <laughs> So that's, I'm just sharing. That's who, that's who I am. No, my God's not my belly, but you wouldn't know that. <laughs> I love to eat, but I really don't worry about what's going on in, in the pulpit when I'm hearing the Word of God. I'm not concerned with leaving. I'm not, I don't schedule things to start right after church so I have to hurry and leave. I come here first to worship my Savior. 
I, I, love, I love the way that uh, Lockridge said, I wish I could explain it to you. <laughs> oh, and it was actually Phil Rankin that showed that uh, several months ago in uh, one of the classes he was teaching. And I'd seen it before, but it just jogged my memory. I love that. I love that. So we're talking about Hebrews. I'm going to read a little bit from Hebrews chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. But I am going to break my eye contact with you for a moment because I'm going to read. Amen. In the past, God spoke through to our ancestors through the prophets, and at many times and in various ways. But in these days, these days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. Now that's, that just sounds kind of a casual remark. And, and he also made the universe. It's kind of like in Genesis, and he made the stars. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat right at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name that he had inherited, inherited is superior to theirs. Once he had completed the transaction that he came to earth to complete, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And he's still there. This isn't talking about the past. This is talking about the present. We need to see Jesus in the present. He's here. He's up there. He's our advocate. If you're a born-again believer, you do something wrong, Jesus said, now wait a minute, Father. Don't hit him with lightning. I paid the price for that sin. And God says, okay, I'm good. I just have to soak in that for a while. I just have to imagine. It's, I know my life. I don't know anybody else's life, but I know my life. And if I had to give up my life to protect me and cover my sin, mm, wouldn't happen. Never. But for the joy that was set before him, he endured the suffering on the cross. He looked forward to it with joy. Did he try and get out of it? Hmm? He was in the garden saying, Father, you can do all things if you take this cup from me. But nevertheless, what your will is, that's what I want to do. And he did the Father's will. He suffered, he bled, and he died on that cross. Colossians 1 says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, or as the King James says, consist. And he is the head of the body, the church. Now, we're a church, but there's also a universal church. Christ is the head of the body, the church. Now, God says he puts the parts into the body as it pleases him. So we have a local New Testament church, and we have people who God has put in this church, who he's given gifts to, Everyone that he puts into a church has a gift. You have a gift. Do you know what your gift is? I mean, really, 
These young people over here have a gift. Us old people have a gift. And I, I'm only 76. I'm calling myself old, and there's people that are sitting out there going, you're a whippersnapper. <laughs> okay, but the, I'm older than some. But God put us here for his purpose and to take our gifts and combine them with the gifts of others so that he's exalted and others are encouraged in Christ. We're to use our gifts for others. It's always others. We're to do everything for others. This is not a me church. This is a others church. We're a grace church. We're a mercy church. I love the lesson that we had down in Sunday school on grace. Made me think of, on my own of what would I do? Would I show this kind of grace that was explained where this pastor welcomes a lesbian woman and treats her with dignity and grace and love. And she comes to know Christ as a result of that love. Folks, we don't need to beat a pulpit. You know, Melva was sharing with some folks downstairs. We, we came from a church where you went out every Thursday evening, you knocked on doors. That was required if you were working in the ministry. You had to go out and knock on doors. Hi, I'm from, I won't say the name of the church. We're here to ask you, if you died right now, do you know where you'd go? Hmm. Does that make you want to come to Jesus? No, not so much. But if you're hurting and you're out there in the world and we were talking with uh, uh, Sierra, um, Steve's daughter. Wilson, yeah. Sierra Wilson. She went to a, a meeting for a group down in uh, Los Angeles that ministers to the homeless. And she went there and she heard the preaching and, and her mom said she came home, got her stuff together, packed up, went down, gave her life over to that ministry and she's serving the homeless on the street. Now, we have people in this church who are called to serve the homeless. I praise the Lord for that. And there are, we have people from other churches that come here to join us in that ministry. So there is a ministry, there is a calling of people to serve the homeless. It's a gifting, it's a calling. We have people here who serve in a ministry called Release Time Education and for Portland, so it's called Prep for Kids. And the ministry allows us to go into public schools during school time, take the kids out of school, bring them off site and teach them the Bible. There are people that are called to do that. And we have a ministry here in this church and we have uh, the Mays who have three different ministries, I think three weeks or three days a week that they do ministry. And it's a blessing to see these young people come to know Christ. But that's a calling. And we're not all, we're not all called to do that. But what is your gift and how are you using it? So, I know I, go, I like to go back to the Father's heart because, you know, that's my passion. So, I'm up here so I get to speak about it. So, we have Jim Stair who comes in and cracks all the eggs and puts on the coffee. That's his calling. And we have Bruce and Elaine and uh, Mike Bridges and Tom Mudge and they come in. They scramble the eggs, cook the eggs fix the potatoes, make the gravy. Mm, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> put the biscuits together, put the coffee, the hot chocolate, 
and then they're done. They clean up the kitchen. Then we have a faithful team that goes out. We have three different stops on the street and we feed the homeless. We're being the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ when we go. And it's a blessing. And I know several of you have gone out. It's a blessing. It's a calling. But that may not be your calling, may not be your gift. But everyone has a gift. I, I encourage you that you can go online and you can take a spiritual gift test for free. It'll tell you what your spiritual gift is. Do that. Just Google spiritual gift and you'll see thousands of options and then just pick the one that says free spiritual gift test. <laughs> and the key is free. We'll go back to Colossians. The Son is the image of the invisible Father, the firstborn over creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn among the dead so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself, God, all things. Through Jesus Christ, reconciling to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And then it tells the story of John Rowley right here. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. And then this is my favorite word, but. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Folks, that's describing a born-again believer. We're not burdened by sin anymore. We're free. We need to see ourselves as free from the captor of sin. We're not in sin. Do we still sin? Of course we do, because we're living in the flesh. But that sin's covered by the blood. I, I, I get concerned because I, I think sometimes maybe people don't see their position in Christ. Our sin is covered by the blood. And when we're tempted, we have an advocate that we can go to. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, there's nothing come into your life that doesn't come into everybody. I'm paraphrasing this. Doesn't come into everybody's life, but God has made a way for you to escape. Go to God. How do I get out of this? Look in his word. How much do you read God's word? That's an important thing. We can't learn about him. We can't draw closer to him on our own power and in our own strength. We can do nothing in our own strength. So it says... We're without blemish, we're free of accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. In chapter 2 it says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, stamping it, paid in full. And he disarmed the powers and the authorities, and he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Chapter 3, since then, 
You have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. Have you died? You know, we're dead. That's a concept to really think about. I died to self. Had to have a little funeral. You're dead. I read in, in uh, Romans chapter 12 where it says, make yourself a living sacrifice. Problem with a living sacrifice is it keeps crawling off the altar. So we need to really take those truths and apply them to our life. Make yourself a living sacrifice. Set your mind on things above. So, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, or other versions say mortify or kill, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and one I really struggle with, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. And if any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive us, the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as a member of one body you were called to peace. Be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And we did that today. And that music was moving to me. It spoke a message to me. I love that, a beautiful name. I love it when particularly Heather sings it because she puts a lot of emotion into her music. Not because she's favorite, I just like the way that she does it. So, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, you do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. And then in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, it says, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep, keep asking that God, uh, the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that your eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance to his holy people, his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rules and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Chapter 2, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. And the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Who is that? Satan. He's at work. He's real. He is our enemy. We're in a war, folks. What are you going to battle with? I want to take my sword. I want to take my sword with me. And I want to know about my sword. I don't want to just go into battle and say, well, you need to become a Christian. I know that. 
how you do that. Well, I don't, I don't know that. But come, come over, we can talk to Pastor Ken. I'm pretty sure he knows. Because he's a pastor. That's what we pay him for. No. We need to know the Word of God in a way that it says, when we're asked, we can give an answer for the hope that we have. The Bible gives us instruction. I call it the B-I-B-L-E, which is basic instruction before leaving earth. It's right here. It's in the book. There's not a question that you can have that cannot be answered from this book. Period. Period. I know it said in the bulletin I was going to be going a lot to Hebrews, and that really is a great book. I've loved the study that we did in uh, Romans, and that was a great book. I love, I love, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God. I'm not ashamed. When we go out, we shouldn't be ashamed. There's nothing to be ashamed of. We know the King of kings and the Lord of lords if we know Jesus Christ as Savior. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air of the Spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following the desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgression, it's by grace that you've been saved. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. That's where we are today in God's eyes. If you're a believer, the Bible says we're in Christ with him. Now, we're still going here on earth. and We still need to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit. But God doesn't see us as down here, he sees us as born-again believers seated with Christ because he purchased us. And, and the thing that really it just blows my mind is all of this was done. This was God's plan. The Bible says before he created anything, before creation, God had this plan. Well, that's crazy. Why did he do that? He had a plan. Why didn't he make everybody perfect and then we wouldn't have to go through all this stuff? Well, we do have a will. We can make choices. We can exercise our freedom. But I praise God he made a way. It's not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. We don't want anybody boasting. We're God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Remember that at the time that you were separated from Christ, you were excluded from the citizenship in Israel. You were foreigners to the covenants of the promise. You were without hope, and without God in the world. And there's my favorite word again. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace. Christ 
is our peace. So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life that you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him according to the truth. That is, in Jesus you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It's not anything that we've done, folks. Not anything that we've done. But it's Jesus Christ. And that's how we have the power to overcome the temptation to sin in Christ. And Christ alone. I love the message of music. I mean, there are so many songs that ran through my head this past few weeks as I was thinking on these things. I mean, some old-time hymns and some new. But music that elevates Jesus Christ. And I mean, there's a message that can give us the power to go on. So we're to put off falsehood. We're to speak the truth to our neighbor. We're all members of one body. It says, and don't let anger rule over you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry because that gives the devil a foothold. So settle any scores that you have before the sun goes down. That's hard to humble yourself. That's a word going through this material called transformational leadership. And one of the things is a six-step apology. And I've already had to use it. I, terrible thing. Have to be humbled. But that's what the Bible tells us to do. And there's two things. Matthew 18 says, if your brother offends you, you go to your brother. Matthew 5 says, if you take your gift to the altar and you get to the altar and realize that your brother has ought against you, leave your gift and go to your brother. Who is it that's going? It's always me. What's, where's the part that says my brother comes? No. It says the same thing to him. So it doesn't matter if your brother's wronged you or if you get to the altar and realize that your brother has something against you, you go and work things out. God wants reconciliation among the brethren. He wants us to walk in humility. Philippians 3 says, many lives as enemies, we spent many, (laughs) okay. Philippians 3 says, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Wow, what a transformation that's going to be. And then it tells us in chapter 2 of Hebrews, we must pay most careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard, so that we do not drift away. Since the message spoken through the angels was binding, and every violation of disobedience received its full and just punishment, How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. 
God also testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Chapter 3. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him that holds the power of death, that is, the devil. And he will free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death, For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to make himself like them, fully human in every way. And that's what we hear over and over again. Jesus was fully man. He was fully human. Yet he was also fully God. He did that so that he could identify with the temptations that we go through. He had to know the things that we suffer. So he made himself in the resemblance of human flesh so that he could identify with those things. This was one of the big God chapters that we read the other day. First Peter chapter one, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power. We're shielded. We have a shield. God's power. Trust it. And we're shielded until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. And it makes me think of yesterday as we celebrated the life of Dick Johnson. His family is suffering grief at his loss. And we've gone through this many times in our church. Melvin and I have gone through it the loss of our son-in-law. I hate cancer. But I trust God. So these things have come to prove the genuineness of our faith. And our faith is of greater worth than gold, which perishes even when it's refined by fire. And this proves the genuineness of our faith so that we can praise and give glory and honor when Jesus is revealed. Though you haven't seen him, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you believe in him. You're filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As disobedient children, don't conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Amen?
but live it in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from that empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world. There it is, God's plan before the creation of the world. But he was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory are like flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. And in Hebrews 9, we find a description of when Christ came as our high priest. He came into the presence of God, the holy of holies, not the temple made on this earth, which men who were chosen as priests went into with the blood of goats and lambs, but he came into the presence of God in the Holy of Holies with his blood, his precious blood, to make atonement for our sin. He paid the ultimate price for you and I. Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Are you waiting? I want to share Psalm 19 and then I'll close. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens, makes it circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They're more precious than gold, than much fine gold. They're sweeter than honey from the honeycomb. By them, your servant is warned, and in keeping of them, there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? The writer of Psalms says, forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I'll be blameless, innocent of great transgression. And may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Matthew describes a scene for us when Jesus came to Caesarea and he asked his disciples, who do people say that I, the son of man, am? And they replied, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, 
Still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And our favorite responder to Jesus, Peter, said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. There's a verse that says, no one can come to the Father but by him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Who do you say that he is? If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, we want to give you an opportunity to do that. You can come up and talk with one of us, Josh, Mark, Ken, myself. We'd be happy to share with you the truth of God's word. If you've trusted Christ, then folks, we need to get busy about God's work. I hope this lights a fire. I hope you take the words that Lockridge spoke. When I hear that, it makes me want to charge hell with a squirt gun. I mean, he pumps me. Amen? Let's give it to Jesus. Thank you.